Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for almost nine years, have two awesome kids, and our mission on this channel here is to create compassion for communities that are misunderstood, marginalized, and or abused by their leaders, as well as empower those who have left like Sam by giving them a platform to share their stories with the world. Yes, and thank you all so much for supporting us through liking, subscribing, and sharing our videos. We really do appreciate that. Yeah. And now for today's topic, please keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times <laughs> as we explore the topic of polygamy in the afterlife. Before we get into it, if you haven't seen our video from earlier this week, then click above talking about fundamental Mormonism and where those fundamentals came from and Joseph Smith's vision on the multiple kingdoms in heaven and we give a little bit of insight to the plan of salvation and how that all came to be. Of course, like all things, sorry, but Warren Jeffs takes us to the next level. That's why I say buckle up because there's a lot of interesting things that he goes over here that is in addition to mainstream LDS beliefs. Yes, and we did want to cover that quickly in this video as well, how the mainstream LDS view polygamy in the afterlife. So there are two important things to know about the mainstream Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when it comes to polygamy. The first one is what they believe now in living times and polygamy. And it's best spoken straight from their LDS.org website in their Foundations of the Restoration Lesson Manual. It is Lesson 20. And they say some people who have apostatized from the church are practicing plural marriage today. Like the FLDS. They urge people to pray and ponder about whether it is right to practice plural marriage today. We should not seek to receive revelation that is contrary to what the Lord has revealed through his prophets. The Lord has revealed through his prophet that the practice of plural marriage has ceased in the church. Anyone who advocates the practice of plural marriage today is not a servant of the Lord. So very, very, very clear. clear, firm beliefs that the prophets have said no more practicing polygamy in this life and that that is very, very important. However... When it comes to polygamy in the afterlife, the Gospel Topics essays say this. Yes, they say, consistent with Joseph Smith's teachings, the church permits a man whose wife has died to be sealed to another woman when he, remar when he remarries. Moreover, members are permitted to perform ordinances on behalf of deceased men and women who married more than once on earth, sealing them to all the spouses to whom they were legally married. The precise nature of these relationships in the next life is not known, and many family relationships will be sorted out in the life to come. Latter-day Saints are encouraged to trust in our wise Heavenly Father who loves His children and does all things for their growth and salvation. So that was in Plural Marriage in Kirtland and Nauvoo and the Gospel Topics, Essays on LDS.org. Yes. But so basically, for now, even though in the beginnings of the church, Polygamy was practiced in the mainstream LDS church, and that's kind of where it came from and why there are so many shoot-offs that still believe it needs to be practiced. But now, the Lord said no more, so they do not believe that it is necessary or should be. In fact, like Melissa stated or read, that it's a huge sin to, to practice polygamy now. And as far as the next life, they say, we'll learn more 
Okay, you have to trust in the Lord and we will know all things in the next life. But it is not a no-go, as in the sentence, that they can be sealed. A man can be sealed to another woman when he yep. remarries if his wife passes away. So it is definitely a gray area, like they said in the end of that. Really a lot of trust in that things will get sorted out in the next life. However, it is obviously not just opposed mm -hmm. or else they wouldn't allow multiple sealings in this life, which they do. So... Yep. Polygamy has been something in the past. In the afterlife, it will get sorted out, but it is allowed to be sealed polygamy in this life. So, now. which means that the they that the even in the mainstream LDS church, polygamy is still a law in heaven. Mm -hmm. So, to sum that up, yes. Now, getting into <laughs> how the FLDS view polygamy as necessary, because as we mentioned with the LDS, it does come from the LDS beliefs and the beginning of the church because just as they believe that they can be sealed even in current times within the LDS church, obviously the whole practice of polygamy, though one of the main purposes was to be sealed in heaven in the next life. So all of those beginning practicing polygamists that were in the LDS church are going to be sealed in heaven. And the FLDS view their polygamy as necessary from those beginning founding prophets. Exactly, and one of those being Brigham Young. Uh, Joseph Smith as well, They, when I was raised in the FLDS church, it was often talked about the importance of polygamy. And they would, they would read things that they say Joseph Smith said himself and read a lot of things from the Journal of Discourses, which are teachings of Brigham Young. And one of those teachings, quote, it is the word of God, this is from Brigham Young from the Journal of Discourses. It is the word of the Lord, and I wish to say to you and all the world that if you desire with all your hearts to obtain the blessings which Abraham obtained, you will be polygamists, at least in your faith, or you will come short of enjoying the salvation and glory which Abraham has obtained. This is as true as that God lives. So, this first part here basically meaning you at least have to believe in your faith that polygamy is ordained of God. And I will say that's still true within the LDS church, that you have to believe that it's going to be sorted out on the next side. You have to have faith that when Joseph Smith did it himself, that it was necessary and that that is going to be honored in the next life. So you do have to have a certain amount of faith in the law of polygamy and in the law of polygamy in the next life, even as an LDS member who believes that that is not the law of God at this time. Exactly. So then it continues to go on and says, The only man who become gods, even the sons of God, are those who enter into polygamy. Others attain unto a glory and may even be permitted to come into the presence of the Father and the Son, but they cannot reign as kings in glory because they had blessings offered unto them and they refused to accept them. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That's the main teaching that, yeah. again, within LDS doctrine, we basically were just taught that the most recent prophets, whatever they said, basically trumped what Brigham Young had said. And so now we're taught that being sealed, we can return to the celestial kingdom without polygamy. 
but these words of Brigham Young, who is a second prophet for both of the churches that we were raised in, the LDS and the FLDS, his words are something that they held true to. A hundred percent. The way I was raised, they would read this scripture here and say, how could the mainstream LDS church put an end to polygamy when it states very clearly from one of the original prophets of the LDS church that it is necessary and that it has to be uh, or it has to be practiced here on this earth as well. So, of course, things have changed and, and modern day prophets can come and, and say different things based on the time and that. And, and that's something that we understand. But but the FLDS church holds true and these other churches, fundamental, fundamental churches hold true to what Brigham Young originally said. I will say, and I hadn't really thought about it this way until you were stating this just now, but little light bulb in my mind going off that I feel like the LDS church growing up LDS, it was always whatever the most recent prophet has said mm -hmm. is the most important. And that's what we follow in this day and age is the teachings of our modern prophet. And by modern, I mean, literally the most recent prophet, whatever that prophet said goes, and that is the most important and stands as the current doctrine of the church. But I realized that the more that I've studied and seen more of Warren Jeff's revelations, I would say the FLDS, rather than it's the most recent prophet Trump's, they continue to add on. It's more of in addition to, mm -hmm. without getting rid of or discrediting past prophets. Yeah. Would I be right in assuming that? It definitely seems that way, but the amount that Warren Jeff's has added on is turning the whole, it's basically turning it into a new church because he is adding so much, you know, it's, he, he says, okay, yes, we do believe in these things, but behold, I have received all these other revelations and this is, and just changes things a lot. But yes, they do try to hold true to the things that were originally taught. That's what I was going to ask. Do they ever, was there ever a time that you can think of where you were like, wow, he's erasing something that a past prophet had said. Oh boy, that is, that, that's a great I question. I know, you on the spot. It's a great question. And I don't, I cannot think of him ever coming out and saying that. Whether or not something he has said has contradicted, which I'm sure he has said multiple things that have contradicted other prophets, I don't think he has actually come out and said, this is the way it should be instead of the way the other prophet said. Okay. And I think that's interesting because I can definitely think of examples within the LDS growing up where it was very, very clear that this prophet was coming out almost completely against what another right. prophet had said. And it was very and common even, and accepted that that was like an okay and thing. And that's okay because now there's a, a yeah. newer version of the way things should be. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, Warren Jeffs has given revelations to add on to the fundamental theology of the afterlife. And we wanted to share some of those differences. Obviously, most of them are similarities because FLDS, again, it seems like Warren Jeffs is adding on, giving more details yep. than what even Joseph Smith mentioned. And in the end of our last video, we did talk about the fact that Joseph Smith said there was so much more that he could share if people were ready to hear it. And so the FLDS, his revelations are continuing on and giving more information as people are ready and to receive exactly it. exactly what Warren would say that, hey, we're just finally revealing now that the times are so short and that the Savior, the second coming of Jesus Christ is just around the corner, 
now these things are being revealed because the people need to know what's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So for all of these revelations that we're going to be reading, these are all just recently from Warren Jeffs, actually August 10th of 2022. So where we're getting these about the kingdoms and all these extra details are all things that Warren Jeffs claims was revelation to him. And we'll be reading the verses from that revelation. And the first big thing that he mentions is that the earth will become the celestial kingdom. So if you saw our other videos, celestial kingdom is the highest kingdom of glory. And we'll get into the three different pieces of it. But did you grow up believing the celestial kingdom was going to be the oh, earth? A hundred percent. And did you not? I was just going to say, I did, but we never, I don't remember where the doctrine came from. I believe it came from the doctrine and covenants, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe okay. it was a maybe a different prophet said it along the way, but I always assumed it was in the doctrine and covenants because I definitely was raised believing that. That that the earth we live on would become the celestial kingdom. Okay. And yeah. I like I said, I grew up knowing that, like in my head, if someone was to ask, like, mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. But I couldn't remember where it exactly where it came, came from. from. Okay. But to read for more Jess, in verse sixty, he says Oh, and you're right, Doctrine and Covenants. As okay. you read in Book of Holy Revelation, the new name of the Doctrine and Covenants. So they just renamed it. Yes. Section 88. So in DNC, Section 88, beginning portion, this earth was created to be celestial. And this earth will die and then be resurrected to be a celestial resurrected planet. And then in verse 62, he says, And during the eighth millennium, this will be the gathering planet called heaven. This is the planet heaven home for all saints who earn a celestial resurrected highest degree of glory in the celestial kingdom. And for those who earn the second degree and third degree. So all three degrees of the celestial kingdom, everyone will get to live here on the earth. On the earth. So it will become an exalted, a perfect planet. planet. So it will become... The celestial kingdom. Yes. Wow. Which is, yeah, that's another thing, obviously, very, very specific to Mormon theology. DNC 88, obviously, he said, yes. is where that comes from. And then, of course, in the FLDS, they also teach that there are three degrees of glory within the celestial kingdom. And, and he goes on to state exactly who will be in each of these different degrees of glory. So the first one, he says... Let's see, is he also using Doctrine and Covenants, or is this just... This his? is his revelation, so this is, verse 73. Okay, so this is Warren Jeff's revelation, and he says, And there are three levels of degrees of glory in the celestial kingdom. The highest for man is to be a god of creation, a god in his own right, a god office man-angel, and for women, a wife, a goddess office, wife of God, office husband, who is a god of creation, a god in his own right. I cannot read his revelations very easily, as you can tell. His word, the way he words things is so difficult for me to read, which is funny because you would think since I grew up listening to him, I think since he was, uh, since he's been in prison, he changed the way he writes a little bit. He's very repetitive. He like says it and then he says it backwards. It's very interesting. But I, I hope that was understood what I just read. There. Yeah. So in the highest, meant to be God of creation. So. We had mentioned in the first video that that is also just a Mormon theology that if you get to the highest degree of the celestial kingdom, the very highest, and you're living within the presence of God, the whole point, the whole goal of this life is to be able to become a God. 
and to be yeah. able to create your own worlds and to be the god of those worlds. Exactly. Yeah. So those that are in the highest degree of glory within the celestial kingdom are those that will be able to have that. Though they will literally be a god and they will be practicing polygamy, they will have multiple wives and they will be creating their own planets, spirit children and having everything that God has right now. Yeah. And in D&C that we had talked about in our last video, uh, Joseph Smith doesn't really give a lot of distinct information about the second degree of celestial glory. And so Warren Jeffs has a lot more detail in his, and he says in verse 74, and I only reveal the second degree of glory of God office men, angels, having goddess office wives. They pertain to only dwelling in heaven for a short time, not having lived the fullness of the celestial laws in a perfection needed to remain in heaven. And all they have or possess of families or bring forth as spirit children will be given to and adopted into families of God office husbands and God office wives, families in the highest degree of glory. So this is interesting to me because he's saying people who do have families and they are members of the FLDS church, right? To be able to obtain this celestial glory. That was interesting that they're saying they, if they did not live the fullness of the celestial laws and the perfection needed to remain in heaven, all the children, the spirit children, physical children, their families, everybody's going to be given to the people in the highest degree. Which it's so sad to even say this, but if you look at things that are happening within the FLDS church right now, that kind of thing is happening where Warren is taking children from one family and giving them to another family because this other family is more capable or righteous or whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, FLDS children and families could read this and it would make perfect sense to them. Oh, okay. Yeah. For, I mean, if I didn't, so used to it. Yeah. If I didn't live perfectly and didn't fulfill everything I was supposed to in this life, then my children would just be given to those above me. Yeah. And that would, and that would just, isn't it sad that that would that make, that would make sense. So, but as they're reading and I feel like also it gives everyone a sense of like make. Most of his revelations have some kind of like fear tactic attached to it, right? Mm -hmm. So as you read this, it's like, okay, well, even if I do everything and I have the family and I'm part of the church and I do all these things, if I'm not perfect, my family's going to be given. So it yeah. gives fear in this life of perfection, that I better be perfect in everything or else even then it's still not going to be enough. That they won't. Only perfection is enough. Right. Only perfection. Yeah. And as a human, that is so hard. You're always feeling guilty. You just never quite feel perfect enough. So, yeah. oh man, that's tough. But you're right. There's always a, there's always fear behind it. So, and then on to the third degree of glory within the celestial kingdom. This is what he says about those people. The third degree, the lesser degree, are single angels, not able to have children, men and women angels who did not live in celestial plural marriage in fullness or properly. Yet you atoned and through repentance and being pure enough could earn a temporary dwelling time of perhaps two millenniums in heaven before they die, what is called the second death. Yikes. And the second death meaneth to lose your celestial resurrected body if you do not earn the highest degree of glory in the celestial kingdom. Ooh. That is really interesting because he mentions two things. That if you did not live plural marriage, right, or were not able to have children, mm -hmm. if you didn't do it properly, and 
It says then you would still die the second death if you don't get to the highest degree of glory in the celestial kingdom. But I don't know how you would move up because in the Doctrine and Covenants, it states that there will be no going up, no moving within the celestial kingdom. Once you're placed, you're Once placed. You're placed. Yeah. So that's a little bit different than the fundamental, than the Doctrine and Covenant says, where he's saying you have a chance if you don't get to the highest degree of glory, then you get the second death. And the second death is meant for only people in outer darkness, I believe, within Doctrine and Covenants, within normal, regular Mormon theology. The second death only happens to very, very select, very, very few evil people. Yeah, so he's definitely making it sound like even for those that qualify for the celestial kingdom, but not the highest uh, glory, not the highest kingdom within the celestial kingdom, then you will still lose your resurrected body at some point. So you'll have the opportunity to have your your senior body for a little bit, but then it will be taken away from you. Which really kind of gets rid of the whole three degrees. Like, what's the point of having three degrees if in the end, the people from the second degree are going to be given to the top mm -hmm. and the third people are going to have the second death? Like, that's intense. So there's really only going to end up being one level, one celestial glory in the very end. So once again, if you're not perfect, then there's no hope for you. Even, even for the good people, it sounds like. So... Oh, man. And the celestial kingdom is only meant for the people who are FLDS. Right. So I mean, we're talking a couple, a group of a couple thousand people out of the entire world <laughs> to begin with are going to be able to even make it there to begin with, and then from there you have those three different. I mean, that's just well, and they, kind it, of it, it was taught in the FLDS growing up that there would be a time during the millennium where Jesus Christ would return and teach the gospel and that the righteous would go through and teach the gospel and so even in the FLDS belief they believe that others will get the opportunity and chance to receive the fullness of the of the gospel and to actually be able to become worthy of the celestial kingdom okay so, so people will have a chance now whether or not they still believe that I don't know but that's what was taught when I was out there yeah and then from the celestial kingdom, we come to the terrestrial kingdom, right? And in within Warren Just Revelations in verse 64, he says, and for those resurrected to the terrestrial resurrection kingdom or the celestial resurrection kingdom, they are on other planets that emanated, spun out of this world during the Godhead of creation time to create this world called the eighth millennium of the Godhead of creation time to create this world, nine planets. So... Hmm. The world, this earth, is going to become the celestial kingdom, and the other kingdoms are literally just going to be on other planets. Right. Different planets. Again, very far, specific. Far away, it sounds like. Yeah, ones that spun out of this world during the creation. So this world was created, and these other ones spun out around us. And there are two planets for the terrestrial, one for men, one for women, men and women kept separate. Two of those nine planets are for the celestial resurrected glory kingdom. One for men, one for women. Men and women kept separate on separate planets. Which this, within Mormon theology, actually makes sense to me. The fact that they have to keep the men and women on separate planets? 100%. Because even growing up within the LDS church, we always hear the term, families are forever. And that if you're sealed, your family can be together for eternity. You mm -hmm. hear that 
constantly preached and talked about. That is the importance of being sealed, is to be together with your family. But I remember from a young age, like even as a teenager, being like, okay, so my friend who isn't LDS, like her family, how is her family going to be separated? Because if they all get to the terrestrial kingdom together and they're living there, then still don't they get to live together forever, mm-hmm. even if they're not in the celestial? So I never quite understood mm-hmm. this idea of how God is going to like separate families. Didn't really make sense to me. This, the idea that they're going to take all the men are on one and all the women are on the other so they can't have families and they can't be together. Oh, if man. you're going to separate anyone who's not sealed, this would be the way to do it. Yeah. Keep them on separate planets, far, far away from each other. Yeah. You know, I mean. And that would yeah. be its own kind of, it's interesting that they still call this glory kingdoms, right? These are still considered glory kingdoms, but that would be absolute hell, I feel like. How long does it take before <clears throat> the man trying to create a rocket ship to, you know, <laughs> to get, get, to the women. get, get over <laughs> or make a paper airplane and send a love note or something. <laughs> Would you send that, me a love like, note, babe? I'll, no, for sure. Aww. You can expect it. Okay, if, I if will. My, if my paper airplane makes it the whole distance, it'll... <laughs> if only Sam got to get to a glory world, but yeah. he doesn't because we're going into That's next... That's true. I won't even be there. The no glory worlds for qualify. sons of perdition. Oh my gosh. So this is where, according to, according to the FLDS, which we'll read some passages from Warren Jeffs talking about this exact thing, I would qualify for the no glory worlds, which is outer darkness and the worst of the worst go to. And the reason that I would qualify for that is because of what he says here in 69 from a sermon from Warren Jeffs. He says, thus there are five no glory worlds. For the murderers, two for the Caucasian type Gentile peoples, one for man, one for women. Two for the people of color, one for man, one for women, totaling for four no glory worlds. And then the fifth no glory world is for the most wicked man only, sons of perdition, who fight against the holy Melchizedek priesthood and against Jesus Christ during their mortal life. Amen and amen. Now, it doesn't mean that Sam has to go and actually fight against Jesus Christ, okay? Just to clarify that portion of it. Right. He doesn't have to do that in order to still be a son of perdition. They consider within the FLDS sons of perdition to be anybody who knows the truth and the fullness of the FLDS church and leaves it. Choose to leave. Choose to leave it. And they would, in their mind, they would say that I am fighting against Jesus Christ because I'm not a part of that religion anymore. And they would say that because we were always taught that if we choose to leave, we will be on Satan's ground and he will be in control of us. So if someone is on Satan's ground and he is in control of them, then they are fighting against Jesus Christ because Satan would be the one controlling what they do and say, right? So it kind of makes sense that they would think that I was that I am fighting against Jesus Christ, which is wow. Just wow. But, Which is just not true. But just that alone, because I chose to leave the FLDS religion, I now qualify for the most wicked of the wicked. What do they call it? Most wicked the fifth no glory world. Yes. And also, we have to back up. And yes, you did hear correctly when you say, when you hear how absolutely racist. The afterlife is according to the FLDS. Well, I would say according to Warren Jeff specifically, you know? Yes. Because I, I believe there are some people that are members or that have been members of the FLDS church that don't 
think as racist as Warren Jeffs himself does, but this is what's being taught. This is the revelations from their mm -hmm. prophet though, yep. is that there's going to be separate no glory worlds for Caucasians and for people of color. And that alone is just absolutely mind boggling, horrific. Hmm. Yes, it is just as racist as racist can be. And just want to make sure that that is clear that this is Warren just speaking. Not us. This is not us. <laughs> this is not us. This is not the LDS. This is Warren just himself. This isn't even, again, yeah. the thoughts of all FLDS people does not mean that they are all this racist. But mm -hmm. this is what Warren Jeffs this is, is what he's saying. Saying and from his cell in prison. Right. Right. So, so just wanted to clarify that. And of course he would say he qualifies for the highest of the highest degree of the highest kingdom ever, of course. But <sighs> here we are. And in verse seventy six he says this. And they will lose their no glory resurrected body even less than one year after they are resurrected, giving the promise that all born on a mortal planet as mortal individuals will be resurrected. So meaning everybody's allowed to have a resurrected body, but they're only going to have it for less than a year. Yet not remain alive because murderers commit the greatest crime sin, including abortion, murder of unborn children, a common sin crime in the most wicked generation that's ever been on this world because most people in most nations, even by legal consent in many nations, commit murder of unborn children. And I wouldn't even talk about this in a video because this is such a controversial topic in general. Um, and this isn't even meaning abortion. I want to make sure people understand what they consider murder of unborn children because this isn't even political anything just about abortion for them. They consider the murder of unborn children anybody who uses contraception. And that's why they say that it's a sin that is used by most people in most nations. Yeah. The first time, and this was after I had left the FLDS religion, someone that still, I'm not going to point out who it was exactly, but someone that still believes and follows Warren Jeffs, they asked, or they, was it an ask or just a telling me that I better not be committing the sin of killing, killing the unborn child. And I was like, what? Do you remember that? It's like, what in the world are they talking about? Why would I be m murdering unborn children? That makes no sense to me. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they were was, talking to both of us after we were married, and I was so confused. I was like, honey, what do these people think that we're doing? Like, <laughs> what are they like? They were almost calling us murderers. Yeah. And we were like, why? What's going on? Anyway, so later we found out that they believe, and of course it states uh, in some of the sermons, sermons of Warren Jeffs that. Just, yeah, contraception is murdering unborn children because if you... There was the potential for a child. There was the potential. Anyway, you can take this in so many different ways and why it makes no sense, but that is what Warren Jeffs is teaching his people to follow him. Yes. Yeah. So that's just one more interesting thing of why they would consider people that do go to no glory worlds are going to be people like that. And it's just, again, we only bring this part up because this is where the level to which they believe everyone are evil sinners and murderers is just crazy. Like it is above and beyond the top. And I feel like you hear it in a lot of his sermons, they talk about murderers a lot or when right. people were being like the, the black family was talking about how they would say to 
the people who weren't righteous enough. Oh, the people who got kicked out were murderers, murderers, murderers. I feel like they throw around the word murder in so many different contexts that just don't make sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it is just mind-boggling. But these are the words that are being taught to their youth, to their children, to the members. They're being told that everybody out here in the outside are murderers of some sort. So very, yeah. very interesting in that. I just wanted to share that little tidbit. But these are just some of the main differences in the way that Warren Jeff's theology and the FLDS theology separates itself from fundamental theology and fundamental Mormonism and the way that he adds on and makes all these extra details about what the afterlife is going to look like for the FLDS. And the last thing that I want to touch on is when it talked about the no glory for the sons of perdition, I don't know if anyone caught, they did mention that it is for men only. Oh yes. Yeah. We skipped over that. Yes. Yeah. And when they say it's for men only, the reason is these FLDS women are taught that if they leave, and I've heard this from multiple girls who have left, they talked about how terrifying it was because they were taught that they not only don't get to go to a no glory world at all, but that they will become nothingness. They, and that they will basically, yeah. their souls will be destroyed. There will be nothing left of them. And so I know that Joanna, who's been on our um, channel before, she's mentioned before how terrifying that was as a girl. The idea that if you leave, you know, you're taught your entire life that you want to get to the celestial kingdom, right? Yeah. You want to have a family. You want to be married. You want to have children. You want to be able to continue on in happiness in the presence of God forever, right? And the idea even outside the FLDS church, the idea of heaven and being able to be in eternal bliss, like that's what people are striving for. Yeah. And to not only not get to have that, but then to say you're not even worthy of any afterlife at all. Yeah. If you leave the church as a woman is terrifying to them. Which in the end, I don't know what's better, being nothing or being tortured forever, <laughs> as they would say in one of these no glory worlds, I don't know, but both of them sound terrifying. But the fact that, I don't know, the fact that he would say that about the women, the women just becoming nothing is just, in my mind, it's just putting them so in this category that it's just so disrespectful, in my mind. Yeah, it's super sad. And if you are a woman out there in the FLDS, please know that that does not have to be your eternal destiny. <laughs> And that yeah. becoming nothingness for not following Warren Jeffs yeah. is not a thing. And that you can have a happy afterlife if that's what you choose to believe. And it's just a lot. It's just a lot. But we also understand that, you know, if this is the way you're raised, then these are the things that you're taught your entire life, as was I. You know, it takes a lot of adjusting to train your mind to think differently and to not live in this constant state of fear that if I'm not perfect, I have a horrible future to face. So, you know, just know this, nobody is perfect <laughs> and it's okay to make mistakes. And we hope that some people have the opportunity to find joy through all of this craziness that's being taught to them. Yes. 
if anyone wants to hear more of what it was like for Sam to grow up in polygamy or more about polygamous theology, FLDS theology, or LDS theology and fundamental Mormonism, then please like and subscribe. And we look forward to talking to y'all soon. Yes, thank you all. We'll talk to you soon.